Warning, the Grow Your Salon Fast Show contains content that may offend. The hosts don't care. If you want to grow your salon fast, keep listening and find out more at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. But for now, here's your hosts, Vagar Svanberg and Kat Smith. Hello and welcome to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show number episode number 21. Hello, Kat Smith, are you there? I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Excellent. Hello. Show number 21. Wow. Wow. That's, that Have you been be talking that much? Beer or champagne or something? You probably should, but... <laughs> Shut up. On this podcast, we'll see how much you talk and how much I Yes, actually, I, I was searching the internet the other day to find out whether I could, in my editing software, whether I could figure out which track is talking the most, has the most talking time, because I was actually going <laughs> to... Crunch the numbers there. <laughs> Your life is a bag of laughs. Oh my god! I was looking to see how many crunch numbers. Have you got nothing better to do with your time? Well, it's to shut you up. Human being or something. It was just so I could shut you up. That's there fair, are ways and means, but the, one of them is not that. <laughs> Don't be dangling statistics in front of my face. Oh, someone got butt hurt. So, Carl, what's happening? Your What's happening in your life? Not much. I haven't got much happening in my life at the moment. It's all a bit calm and, and uh, yeah, it's good. Everything's oh, good. Excellent. Everything's swell. How wow. about you? Well, uh, well, same really, except uh, my dog's grown the boob. What? <laughs> your dog's grown a boob? My dog's grown the boob. So one, just one boob. Well, this particular dog has, what, eight boobs because... She's a dog. She's a dog, but suddenly, no, the other day, one of the boobs started swelling, and then another boob oh. started swelling, <gasps> and it turned out... Let me guess, let pre- me guess. She's going to have a baby dog? No. Oh. But oh, she thinks she's having them. I wanted a baby dog. Them. Yeah, she thinks she's having them. Oh, she's having a phantom baby dogs. Yes, she does that every... Actually, this has happened before several times. She does that... Uh, two times a year. Uh-oh. So her boobs swell up and she thinks she's having baby dogs. In the beginning, when this happened, the first few times, she stole, you know, socks and stuff and and treated them as her babies. She it's true. Socks. Did you say socks? She stole, she stole socks, socks and... and tried to treat them toys as Toys and like stuff like that and thought they were her them. babies. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but sad. she doesn't do that. She doesn't do that anymore now. But her boobs still swell up. Do your boobs swell, cat? Two times a year. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very personal question. Yes, but uh, was, everyone wants to know. Uh, once a month, usually with women around mm. the premenstrual time. <laughs> you must know. Do you steal socks? Do I steal socks? Someone in my house steals socks. There's a sock stealer and they only steal one because there's usually only one of the pair in the laundry. Um, It's not me. No, I steal socks and pretend that they're my babies. (laughs) (laughs) I could. We could write a story about that. I'm sure there's some kind of fetish out there that we could could discover about people stealing socks and treating them. If we start the writing fetish... Uh, I think mm. that the stories would be 
really, really weird. Well, you've got a dog that's boobs swell up twice a year and steals socks and pretends they're babies, so what's weirder than that? I could come up with a few things. but oh, I'm, not... I'm sure you could. I, I know we have the explicit rating on the podcast, but I don't think they're uh, fit for... I, I, I think right. it, it, we would have to have a sort of a double explicit rating. You'd, have to, you'd have to pay for that. That content. Probably, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes, okay. yes. Fair exactly. enough. That was it. Fair That's enough. Okay, so, so what have you done about this poor dog? Does she, has she not been fixed? Do you not let her no. not have the babies? No, no. So the plan was that she was going to have dogs, babies a few years back, but that never happened. So, you know, after that, you know. So you just let her think she's going to have babies twice? No, 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 no. No, she gets some meds to stop it immediately when it okay. happens. So... Yeah. So we're just going to suppress you, little doggy. We just have this little pill. You'll feel nothing. Poor little. Yeah. Well, thing. I can't. I can't send it off to the neighbour every six months. What neighbour? Oh, imagine that. No, no, not a neighbour with a cock. No. Oh. <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> Are we in the dog and a cock? <laughs> Mind boggles. <laughs> I think it is getting a bit X-rated now. Which is a good thing. <laughs> I don't know. Poor doggy. No. Okay, so anyway, the dog's uh, got a boob. So today we're going to talk about so, guilt, aren't we? <laughs> nice, seamless, seamless entry yes. into that topic. <laughs> My transitions My are excellent. <laughs> My dog's got a boob. Let's talk about guilt. Yeah, you should be <laughs> feeling guilty that your dog's got a boob and you're not giving her little babies to look after. She has to look for socks. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Who else is bizarre? <laughs> Bloody Norwegians. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about guilt because. I um, to please. I always deliver, <laughs> don't I? <laughs> Sometimes I even over deliver. Yeah, thank like, yeah, you. Over deliver your Yeah, we're going to talk about guilt because we've had a couple of questions. Um, and I think that's we should delve into them because this is something that I get a lot of and you probably get a lot of when people. Um, Talk about the one thing that really bugs them about owning a business. Um, the first thing they usually talk about is staff. But the other one that they talk about is actually how to run the business and do everything while still working on the floor. And it tends to be with businesses that are startups uh, or in their first or second year. And you feel as a salon owner that you still need to be on the floor to bring in the cash flow because you've got clients. Um, and if your cash flow dried up, then that would be one less person that's making money for the seller. And you also want to keep a hand in because you know that if you don't keep a hand in, you'll lose the skills that you have very patiently and um, over time cultivated. And you want to make sure that you know what's going on on the floor with all your other staff so that you can be on top of what they're doing so that they don't slack off. But what it does... Um, it creates feelings of guilt and this question actually came from Rochelle who is uh, a member of the house of QBV. Um, hi Rochelle, I know you listen to the podcast and she said that is it possible um, to talk about running a salon while still being a stylist behind the chair. Um, some of the other people that she follows or the information that she gets doesn't really talk about that they talk about just being an owner and don't talk too much about owning and running the salon as well as still being behind the chair almost full time and she says that she's struggling to balance it all um, she's trying to present herself or be present with her clients and give them 
the best experience she can whilst also trying to be there for her new staff and running and marketing the salon. So it's a big cherry, it's a big chunk um, to do all of that. And she asked, do you find there's a big difference between owning and not doing hair and being an owner that does both? Which of course the answer to is yes, there is a big difference, obviously, because if you're just an owner and you're overseeing everything and you're doing all the marketing and the business side of things, and you don't have to spend time on the floor, you've got more time to focus on that side of things. Um, so when you're doing both, it makes it a little bit harder. It's not impossible. It just means that you have to prioritize your time and focus on different aspects. And that's why the 80-20 principle comes in very, very handy when we're talking about being able to do everything. But the other thing she said, and it was something that really hit home for me, and I thought this is actually the one the one thing that is getting in her way is um, I talked about and we'll talk about a little bit more about um, getting out of the business and working on the business. So actually getting off the salon floor one or two days a week, but getting out of the salon altogether, not spending time in the salon whilst doing it and then going working on your business. So spending a complete two days out somewhere else working on the marketing and the business plans and everything else that you need to be doing um, and letting your staff run the business and having obviously trained them and being trustworthy enough for them to actually run it while she's not there but she says and this is something I think puts a block up with a lot of salon owners the reason they don't take time off the floor is that um, she says she feels anxious and guilty if I'm not there for them all the time. And guilty is one of the one of the emotions, one of the biggest human emotion that lets us do or not do shit. It's probably the easiest way to explain it. And a lot of big institutions like charities uh, and the churches, for instance, they really use this emotion to uh, sell their uh, their thing. Um, and charities, even your mother probably does it to you, uses guilt to get you to do stuff. So it's a massive influencer. Um, mums are experts see, on that, aren't they? Oh, mums are experts. And, you know, we get a qualification in it when we have children because sometimes it's the only way to get your kids to do anything, <laughs> to make them feel guilty that they haven't done <laughs> uh, And it works. It works every time. And if you're using it well, it, it's very, very clever. But when you're running a business, you feel guilty for not working hard enough. You feel guilty for neglecting your staff. You feel guilty for not getting your tax return on time. There's a lot of things you feel guilty about. But you can't. You can't. You have to stop. Stop feeling guilty. But that's not always easy, no. is it? I mean, uh, answer, you can't it? just stop. But you could do some stuff no. and you could learn stuff. And you could educate yourself on how these things work. And then you could look at, you know, uh, the other side, which is uh, if I do this like taking a day off or two, not taking a day off or two, but taking a day or two off uh, outside the salon, what would that have, uh, what consequences would that have for the salon? And what we would find is that the consequences would be probably just positive, which benefits you, which benefits your employees, which benefits your customers. But it's really breaking that guilt chain can be difficult. Exactly. And you kind of hit it on the head when you said that um, you... 
you can take the time out and you should take the time out and you can't stop the guilt, but actually you own that emotion and you only let other people make you feel that way. So you can put a break on it and say, well, look, why are they making me feel that way? I should stop feeling that way because the consequences of what I'm doing is pushing this along forward and it's also benefiting the people in it. So it benefits the staff because the more profitable you are, the more they'll be able to share in that profit and the more, uh, the bigger the guarantee they'll have of having a job in the long term because you're profitable and you're viable and you're open for business. It's profit. It's good for your clients because they're getting more out of it because you could be um, spending that time creating new services, perfecting services, making sure staff are trained um, or that they have everything in place to service the clients so that they're getting the best service and experience they possibly can. So when I say you need to look at the guilt and own that emotion, you have to put aside the negativity and say, okay, from what I'm doing, this is a far more positive step forward than feeling guilty because somebody said that you're a salon owner so everything is really easy for you you can take holidays whenever you want or you pay yourself so much money and you get all the profits um and if anyone says that to you just slap them and then sit, tell them <laughs> <laughs> i take i take not, all the not that we are encouraging any <laughs> illegal oh, yeah, action damn here, it. <laughs> no um no don't slap them threaten to slap them maybe no, it, you need slap them need and make sure them. there are no visible marks <laughs> or any witnesses. Yes, uh, you you need to show them that that you carry the risk and you carry all the risk, and that they're not going to be around when the bailiffs come in and demand the rent because you haven't paid it. They'll be taking the money out of the till so that they can pay themselves as they walk out the door and leave you to it. Um, no one's your friend in that situation, especially not your staff. So you can choose to make let them make, make you feel guilty or you can turn it around and say if I don't do this this is what's going to happen if I do do this these are the actions that are going to be taken and this is what's going to happen and the staff will start to see the results um, so yeah use the guilt in a positive way you're listening to the grow your salon fast show with Cat and Vagard. remember to sign up for the podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com a while back i was um, well i spent every day in the office and what i found was that it was impossible to get uh much done on anything really because you know people popping into my office all the time asking questions or phone calls or just, just hearing people walk in the hallway outside my office door was, you know, distracting me from what I need to do. So I started taking, um, started working from home at my home office instead. And now I do that three days a week. And that created some, uh, in the aftermath, that's created, you know, I get lots of people imply that when I'm there, I'm not really working because they can't see me in the office. And that is kind of, the, they are uh, playing on that guilt thing what mm. they fail to see which is hard to communicate is that that time i spend in my home office is my most productive time what they see is for instance that they see that midday they can follow me on endemondo or some other online training <laughs> app and they can see that midday i suddenly go for a walk or i go for a jog or i go weight training or i go for a cycle ride 
that's what they see as say so see so that will say like oh you know just he's just training all day or he's probably just sleeping yeah. or having a whack yeah. or you know whatever um, uh, you do don't you uh, of course well yeah uh, but <laughs> the point is that it's it's my most productive time and the other, another point is that my mind is working from the time i open my eyes in the morning until i go to bed in the evening during yeah. the day my mind is on work at some level and it's not that it sounds kind of sad <laughs> it's not that i don't think about my or, or play with my kids or or wife or you know uh, but it's just that as a business owner you tend to it tends to be become a lifestyle yeah. where it's just on your mind constantly it's not that it wears you out it's just on your mind so they don't see all the time you're working because you're practically working 24 7 on your business uh, and if you don't take that time away from the salon the problem is that just like me you will find yourself uh being busy or, or inefficient inefficient because you can't you, you won't get the big stuff done you'll, you'll you can have lots of activity you know answer questions answer phones all that kind of stuff help in the salon just do that kind of stuff but you won't get the major things done you won't get those marketing campaigns up you won't get that book written and stuff mm. like that every time someone interrupts you uh, so there are different, there been lots of research on this, but and the, the data differs a bit, but let's say it's at least 10, 15 minutes before or after that you will, that will kind of destroy. It will take you at least 10 or 15 minutes to get back into the bubble. And maybe you won't even get there because you get distracted. Yeah. And, and just imagine then one interruption every hour or one interruption every half hour would just effectively just kill your whole project. So just removing yeah. it from the business to get the stuff done that is really important and it's not that you should feel guilty because you have nothing to feel guilty about first of all it's your as you said earlier it's your head on the block if something should happen uh and second of all um it's your responsibility to move the business forward and third of all it benefits everyone if you do that yeah it does it does and and if you're worried about well what should you be doing and how should you be doing it have a look and do an 80 20 on your business and say what is the most productive thing i could be doing or the most profitable thing i could be doing one day a week um and if that's working on the floor then do it but if it's not if it's saying okay well the most productive thing would be to send out um, to write a week of uh, emails, a sequence of emails for the week and set them up on the autoresponder so that they're going out every week providing an offer and a call to action for my clients, my existing clients, then do that. That's the time well spent. That's what you need to be doing. The one thing that will happen with staff is that they'll start to see that and if you're having regular meetings with them and you're talking about what you're doing and how you're doing it and I always called it the state of the nation so at the end of every uh, staff meeting which was once a fortnight and also in the one-on-ones, which was once a month, I would do a state of the nation and say, this is what I've been doing. This is what I expect to happen. This is what I'd like to happen. This is what we're doing for the marketing. This is what we're doing for the business going forward. This is where I want the salon to be going. So they'd all know what I was up to. And you know, it'd be quite a long list, but also it would tell them, this is what I'm expecting you to do to back me up when I put these things into place. And you know, they went along with most of my hairbrain schemes. Some things they looked at me like, what the fuck? 
what's she on now? But yeah, and then they'd come up with objections, but they'd also come up with some ideas that I used to implement as well. So it was a two-way street for me. And they could see what I was doing. It wasn't just sitting at home. Watching. Yeah, that can be actually a double sword, can't it? What yeah. I find sometimes is that, you know, you can present and say that I'm going to do this, I'm going to try that. No one believes it and it, then it fails. And then people will yes. say, oh, I told you so. Yeah, but it happens. I mean, it's a true, it's, it's, it's yeah. just a fact that the most, yeah. most things we try will fail in some way or the other. Isn't that sad? That's my saddest thing of you today. It's so demotivating when you say it like that. But yeah, when you quit, <laughs> the thing is You're when you fail, you change cat. it. <laughs> Everything I do fails. But then you change it and it works or you get more results or whatever you do. So the failure is good because it stops you from doing that again. That is true. So like in Rochelle's example, because we talked to Rochelle on the forum, which you should mm -hmm. be a member of, by the way, uh, you will get access to that if you join Kat's House of QBB. But that's, yeah. Anyway, you should be a member. <laughs> uh, what we, yes, because uh, what Rochelle wanted to know is, you know, uh, she wanted to basically to know if she could combine that role. And I think you can combine being on the floor and running business, that shouldn't be too big of a problem. But you have to be clear about your role in the salon uh, when you do that. And it's also the thing about how, uh, in the beginning, you not everyone can leave the salon for an entire day. But what you can do at least is start with, you know, a couple hours, something like that. Mm. You start with mm. something. And then after a while, you will have to see how that works out and just increase the time you're away until you're up to a day or two a week, at least. When you do that, you might find that you have to appoint someone as a deputy in your absence uh, or something like that. Someone in the salon who can be responsible while you're away. And that person will have to answer all the questions from the others. Or, 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 and you will have to train your staff to solve problems themselves. Stuff like that. Yeah. What I found when I started doing this, because what I said is that uh, there's no reason to call me unless the, unless the building is on fire. <laughs> or something equally uh, important. Uh, and and people mostly respected that. What I found was that people mostly solved their problems themselves. Because yep. what they did before was they asked me because they were insecure. So what I trained them to do is to was to kind of become more secure or trust themselves more. Because what they want is they want you to kind of verify or help them, um, I'm not finding the word, it's one of the problems when you, English is not your primary language. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I forget that. You do very well. <laughs> English is my only language. I still yeah, don't get it right. <laughs> you want to, you want to pr give them enough autonomy so that they can make the decisions yeah. themselves. Even if, and this is the hard part for business owners, because they have to be able to make decisions and make solutions, even if the solution isn't perfect. And I'm not yeah. not telling you that you should let people, you know, blow up the whole salon. That's not what I'm asking you to do. Mm -hmm. What I'm asking you to do is to, if the solution might not be perfect, but it might be good enough. And if the solution is yeah. good enough, then let them try it and then aid them afterwards in improving it or something like that. Don't say, yeah. no, I don't think you should do that. Do this instead. Because that will, then you will never 
then they will never trust themselves and they will never try stuff. And you have to have some sort of, you know, failure quota because you fail as well. And the same goes with your staff. You can't learn without failing. It's not possible. Does that make sense? And if they make that decision, yeah, it does. Because I and the other thing is, if they make that decision and it's with a client and they've made, and the client's complained or there's been a, a drama or whatever, and the staff member has acted and done something, and it, if it hasn't, what it's not exactly what you would have done in that situation. Back the staff member up in front of the client and say that you know they've done, they've done a great job. So always side with the the staff member um, in that respect, and you'll always have great. Um, loyal staff if you do that and at the after that you can say well look this is how I would have approached it with a client and um, we'll put this in as a procedure and that's the other thing that you can do with staff so that you have I know this is, sounds really dull and it is dull but it, you only have to do it once you can spend some time on it on those days that you're not on the floor is create a procedures manual and it doesn't have to be a full legal document and or an engineering document where it's all like you know 1.1 this is how you open the door 2.2 this is how you close the door it can just be a list of like an a to z one of those a to z books that you can get to write um you know phone numbers in and just have under p for plumber the plumber's name the phone number to contact on and what they do. So have it under P for plumber and have it under B for boiler because that's, you know, the plumber still does that and have it under W for water. So no matter where the staff member looks, if whatever their, you know, their mood they're in or whatever they're thinking is at that particular time, if it's the water gone off, they'll think water. They won't necessarily think plumber, but the plumber's details will be under W for water. And that could be your procedures manual. This is what you do, call the person. This is the account number. This is their phone number. This is how the days they work. This is plan B. This is the second plumber if the first plumber can't, you know, take the call. Um, and give that to the staff. And every time they say, oh, how do we replace the cartridge in the printer? You say, go to the book under P for printer or C for cartridge or I for ink. There'll be the procedure for doing that. After you've written the first draft, then you can make one of your staff responsible for maintaining the manual, yeah. for instance. You just have to review yeah. it from time to time. That's one thing. Yeah. I, I know a, a business owner, and she tried to uh, have her, one of her staff create the initial version of the manual. And that was, <laughs> just like you said <laughs> earlier, that was... Uh, that was a really, really detailed manual. It was... <laughs> it was yeah walk up the steps make sure not to fall um, insert key into lock enter make sure the door is closed flick switch number one for uh, you know it wasn't that detail oh that's the kind of shit that my husband used to write <laughs> process yeah, manuals yuck really yeah you don't need to be up. that detailed but you do need to be it so that it's they know what they're doing. If something happens, they can look it up and go, okay, I need to do this step. This is how I order supplies. This is how I do a stock take, whatever it is. So the main things in your salon. And my biggest mantra always in business is outsource, automate, and delegate. So delegate to a staff member who can do it, someone you trust. Outsource it if you can, get somebody else to do it outside of the salon and automate so things just happen regularly so if there's yeah. a supplier that just you get regular things off just automate 
the process so it gets delivered every single month or whatever it is um, and that takes a whole lot of pressure off you from doing it all I would also yeah I would also say that uh, when it comes to writing a manual what you could do is that you could have a wiki or something like that there are lots of software out there you could use which lets you create not necessarily a manual but a knowledge base where you could add photos and all this stuff and it's really yeah. easy for everyone to just contribute really an update very yeah tricky you could get really technical yeah. but it, you just have to but, keep but, but, it very simple that's and what and i meant and the software makes it simple it. yeah yeah because so. if they don't use it it's worthless so they have to know where it is what it is how to use it what it's for so there's some more training you have to do but you put it in place and you know it, it, as time goes on they just become less reliant on you and more reliant on fixing the problem themselves hopefully and on that note we are, are we the at, at the end oh my goodness cool yes, we are. well thanks Rochelle for that you question. babble a lot awesome I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not. Maybe the statistics do show that I talk a lot. Um, <laughs> I think the statistics. There's obviously it's a lot. There's a lot more to it, and and um, if you are in the house of QBV, and you should be, uh, there will be a lot more of that information coming out via new, the newsletter, the twelve page newsletter this month, and uh, I, um, and various other things that I'm creating for it. So, yeah, if you're not in it, you miss out. If you're in it, lucky you. Anyway, what do we want them to do? What do we want the listeners to do? We want them to review the show. And if you don't want to review the show, we want you to share it with someone you know. Uh, and if you have a question, we want you to go to the growyoursalonfastshow.com and click on contact and send us a question. We can't guarantee that we'll use it, but we might. It depends. You could apply yeah. your creativity and see what happens. Yeah, and you too might have your name on air. Woohoo! You might. That's it for the day, Kat. We cool. will uh, be Spe back in a week, won't we? Speak to you next week. You've been listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Share and sign up for your podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com.